Yeah, I, I, I don't know what, what happened to the Seattle's offense. Like, you know, Russell Wilson was, like, on track to, you know, go for, like, 5,000 yards and, like, 40, 50 touchdowns. And then, uh, you know, they got really conservative with the offense. And I think that Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome to a special episode of Admins Chat, uh, Admins Chat Sports. Today, we have Vinny and Izell. Uh, today officially kicks off the NFL season with the Hall of Fame game featuring the Cowboys and the Steelers. Uh, with that, we thought, what better way to start than to talk fantasy football? Uh, so the three of us are, are in a league with um, seven other people, so 10-person uh, point-per-reception league. Um, so I guess um, kind of one thing that we're going to do starting this year is a keeper league. So the question is then, who are the keepers? So we'll start with um, the self-proclaimed uh, fantasy football expert, Izell. Uh, Izell, your roster, do you have it up in front of you? Or do you want me to read I, it out to you? I do. I have it in front of me. So who are you keeping and why? So, uh, you know, just to talk about who's on my roster, uh, starting wise, I have Kyler Murray, Antonio Gibson, David Johnson, DK Metcalf, Justin Jefferson, George Kittle, Julio Jones, and for my kicker, I have Daniel Carlson. Um, so to talk about who my keeper is going to be, uh, I know from hearing that roster, it sounds like a championship roster, but I went up against uh, Alvin Kamara in the last two weeks, and he apparently broke all the fantasy football records. Um, so I lost, but I did finish second place. Um, I think for keeper, I'm kind of leaning between DK Metcalf, Justin Jefferson, and George Kittle. Those are like the three I'm looking at uh, with probably, I would probably go for DK Metcalf at this point. Uh, he just has, you know, obviously kind of broke out uh, big time last year um, with, you know, 1,300 yards and 10 touchdowns. Um, he still has, like, a tremendous upside. Uh, the only, like, thing that I think, uh, you know, makes me kind of hesitant is just that Pete Carroll is always going to want to run the ball, even if he has all these uh, offensive weapons for Russell Wilson. Uh, I'm not sure if they're going to open up the playbook like they did last year at the beginning of the season. Towards the end, I think DK kind of slowed down, and that, that was more of a, uh, you know issue with uh, Russell Wilson kind of being, uh, I think, uh, figured out by the NFL defenses he was going up against. Uh, I'm not sure about Justin Jefferson. Obviously, he had a tremendous rookie year. Um, the only thing is, uh, uh, you know, can you follow it up? typically want to like make sure that your keeper has a lot of um uh you know consistency uh i'm sure he'll do really well i'm just not sure he's going to put up 1400 yards and like uh seven touchdowns like he did uh and then the other guy george kittle obviously you know positional value like there's really like three top tight ends uh fantasy football wise um kittle uh kelsey and uh waller uh, for that reason, I would I, I would think about going with him. The only thing is he's had a lot of injuries lately, so I think my my ultimately I'm gonna go with DK Metcalf and just kind of you know ride that wave. So uh, while you're talking, I looked it up here. DK Metcalf 
first four weeks of the NFL season last year, four receptions each game, still somehow gets 95 yards, 92 yards, 110, and 106, catches three touchdowns, three different games. That's, that's crazy, four receptions and almost 100 yards. It's just sick, but then... He's got a lot of Calvin Johnson in his game, you know? Like, you really just have to run a go, a post, and an in route, and, like, and a comeback, and basically... Those four routes are like most of his like uh, route tree. So the guy's just more physically dominating than anybody that he's going to go up against defensive wise. Oh, definitely. You know, you talk about consistency too. I'm I'm looking at this here. Week seven, two yard or two receptions, twenty three yards. Uh, week ten, two receptions, twenty eight yards. Eleven, three for forty six. I mean, he he really did. He he started the really slumped down, beginning with the exception of week 12, 10 catches 177 yards but from basically uh week 10 on he was he was 50 yards or less almost every game it's crazy yeah i i I don't know what what happened to the seattle's offense like you know russell wilson was like on track to you know go for like 5,000 yards and like 40 50 touchdowns and then uh you know they got really conservative with the offense and i think that had a lot to do with like uh Wilson starting to turn over the ball and things like that. Um, there's a couple games I think they lost uh, towards the end because of mistakes he made. So I think they kind of became conservative. And then, you know, I think that's reflected in, in DK's uh, stats. Yeah, I mean, Russell Wilson still did finish, you know, pretty well. Top 10, 4,000 uh, passing yards. So, you know, I think that's that's pretty hopeful for next season. Um, definitely. I, DK Metcalf, I, I think, who I would probably pick from your team too. So. Well, Vincent, what do you think here? Uh, that was that was a lot to take in. <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of stats there, but yeah, no, DK's a beast. Uh, I think one of the more memorable things I remember is him hawking down uh, Buda Baker in a game, and that was fucking nuts. So that oh, was yeah, crazy. he chased him down like ninety yards. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, dude's obviously he's special. We know that. Everyone knows that. Um, you have plenty of good players to choose from. You have Justin Jefferson, who's a rookie, like killed it. What do you have, like fourteen hundred yards, something like that, some shit. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Then, and then you had George Kittle. He's like, I feel like that's kind of like that's a that's a dangerous pick if you picked him though, right? Because you don't know who the fuck's gonna happen at the quarterback position. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He's got something solid. Yeah, so like if you picked Kittle, like. It's always hit or miss, and he was hurt last year too. So he's coming from back from injury. So I mean, honestly hurt. though, I, if they if they said they were going to go with Trey Lance as the quarterback, I would feel even more inclined to go with Kittle because usually rookie quarterbacks they rely heavily on tight ends since they're usually like within ten yards of you know where they're throwing. Um, I I agree. Most teams, I feel like it's a heavy run offense when that happens though as well, which opens yeah. up the play action for a tight end, so it could work. But either way, those I, I feel like man. those three pig people right there, like, there's not a wrong answer there. So I feel like you're in a good spot. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. I um, think so, too. Solid choice. As for mine, I would say, so my roster, I'll read off. Uh, it's Lamar Jackson, quarterback, Derrick Henry, James Conner, um, Stephon Diggs, Chris Davis, Gronkowski, um, T. Higgins, Ravens defense, and then I had Odell Beckham, but he got hurt. 
uh, early in the season. My team was kind of riddled with injuries uh, this year, but I really only have two options: is Stephon Diggs and Derrick Henry, and there's really no option there. So, like, I'd be dumb not to take Derrick Henry if I was being honest. He had two thousand rushing yards last year. There's yeah. there's no debate. Yes, yeah, so he's the best running back in football. If I didn't pick him, the only upside, I guess, to picking Stephon Diggs is like, how long is this league going to go on for? Because Derrick Henry, I want to say like they're similar age, but running backs' careers are a lot shorter. So if I were to pick him, like, was he maybe have, and he's running the ball 350 times plus every year. So that's, yeah, let's talk about that for a minute. That's Derrick Henry. Eh. Derrick Henry last year had 378 rush attempts compared to the next uh, best running back at 312 that he had 60, 60 more carries than, than the next closest running back. I mean, that's, that's pretty remarkable. And I think, I think what's called a uh, was Dalvin Cook, right? Yeah, Dalvin Cook, and he he was hurt like a couple of games as well too. So he was, yeah, he only played fourteen games. That dude probably could have got the ball a little bit more too. I feel like. Yeah, he definitely could have. I mean, another big point to make here: Derrick Henry finished with seventeen touchdowns last year. <laughs> that's uh, he scored a touchdown every game and then some, and that's just insane. The only thing that's like concerning to me is like he's gotten better every year. Um... It's hard to get better from here. Um, and also, they added Julio Jones, so like his, his production is probably going to go down a little bit. Um, I can see him next year probably getting around 250 carries, like 100 less probably, and maybe 12, 13 touchdowns, but still getting around 14,000, 15,000 yards easily. Um, maybe being like in contention for like the rushing leader in the NFL, but... Not not what he did this year, I don't think. Yeah, like, this last year was just crazy. Yeah, that's like he, one in, a, in a career type shit. Uh, my my most memorable uh, play from him was that, that like 95, 96-yard run he made last year. That was just insane. He's so fast for being who he is. You know, I think Stefan Diggs is a good pick, though. I mean, he, he finished first in receiving yards last year on 166 targets. I mean, it's pretty solid. Eight touchdowns. Yeah. And he didn't get hurt. No, nah, like you're right. Like it's a good pick, but I uh, I'd be dumb not to take Derrick Henry. So <laughs> yeah, <what> do. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. Positional value, right? Like the running yeah. back is, you know, there's only like ten running backs like worth drafting, and yeah. like you can usually find replacement players to to come up with the running back value. Wide receiver, there's more, but usually finding those, you know, it's really hit or, hit or miss unless you you do have someone like a Stefan Diggs. I think if it was me, my team, I'd probably go with Diggs, to be honest. Hmm. See, like, this is Izel trying to get in people's heads right here. <laughs> See, I know this, but our audience doesn't, and now they're, they're learning. But the thing is, everyone knows, like he said, there's only about 10 good running backs in the league, and that's true. Like, it's completely true. There might be a few like up and coming running backs that are gonna like emerge this coming up year, but that's still like that just means a couple of people are gonna like fall out the top ten. And yeah. Yeah. James yeah. Conner is a perfect Derek example. Henry, yeah, Derrick Henry's not gonna be one of those ten. Though. That's that's the difference. Yeah, you you can probably count on Henry, but what I'm saying is is that usually there's like a rookie or some backup that comes in and is able to give you starter level numbers. But with wide receiver, it's a lot harder to find those gems. Like, oh, for no. example, 
I completely Robinson last year, right? You got Jaguars, that guy who ran for a thousand yards and like ten touchdowns. You got Antonio Gibson, right? He was a rookie. He went for like a bunch of you know receiving yards, and I mean he's going to be a guy who's probably drafting you know top two rounds. And I have him on my team. I you know that's that's a guy that I potentially would want to you know uh, keep as my keeper as well. So it. So this is what I'll say to that to James James Robinson and um, Antonio, whatever the fuck Washington football team is running back right. Those guys don't have people in front of them. They they had an open running back field that was waiting to be taken. Whereas if you went if you had a rookie coming into Tennessee or a rookie coming into Minnesota or wherever right, some where's a dominant starter there. They're not taking that position, and they're not feeling it like those people were. That's like saying Kenyon Drake, who just went to the Las Vegas Raiders, is going to start taking cares from Josh uh, Jacobs or whatever. Jacobs. It's not going to happen. Right. Josh Jacobs is the premier running back there and will stay that way, and Kenyon Drake will get swing passes on third and 15. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Like with, with receiver, I'll say this. Receivers, I think... The way the NFL is going, because it's so soft now and it's so offensive driven, receivers are more likely to succeed nowadays than they were in the past. And they're and you can see it within stats, obviously. We like we just named off Justin Jefferson, like DK Metcalf, what second season, and he's already like producing mm-hmm. like crazy. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many big names that are just like young rook like wide receivers that are so young. Calvin Ridley's one of them. Um, like there's a bunch of them, right? And then this upcoming year, we also have what Jamar Chase coming in. There's Rashad uh, Bateman, and there's a couple other guys too. Like they're just like our big names for receiving core. Like they're not a lot of receivers in this rookie draft, but there's a couple big ones like Kyle Pitts for Atlanta with Julio gone. There's gonna be more targets thrown to him or somebody, Calvin Ridley mm-hmm. possibly mm-hmm. or Kyle Pitts. So. Kyle Pitts is, is definitely an interesting story too. And he, he's gonna get he's they lost their best receiver and the receiving core definitely took a big hit, so they have to they're gonna have to rely on him a little bit more heavily, definitely. That's like it's what's cool about fantasy is like if you look at it like like in depth, like if you go deep into it, um like there's a receiver that left Carolina. Um he went to Washington football team this year. I can't think of his name for some reason. Can you guys help me out? Uh, uh, uh time out. Curtis uh, Samuel. Curtis Samuel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From Ohio State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Curtis Samuel leaves Washington or leaves uh Carolina. I'm sorry. He had 94 targets at him, 77 catches. Hmm. No one came to Carolina to like replace him, but they have Robbie Anderson and they have DJ Moore, who are still there. So those guys are just going to get more production. Like that's all that's going to happen. And then people like. Terry McLaurin, that was already in Washington, his production is going to fall a little bit probably because he has to share the ball now. He's not the number one receiver. Like they're they're split, so that's how I look at it. I don't know about you. Yes, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Who who would be your pick, John? Let's hear. Uh, your yeah, pick. so my my roster, uh, I think that I easily had the best draft uh, at the beginning of the season, but predictably. Uh, injuries just wrecked my team, and Izell reaped the benefits of it because he had Mike Davis. 
and uh, Christian McCaffrey only played three games last year. So my my final roster was uh, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, uh, Chris, Christian McCaffrey, and Aaron Jones, running back, uh, Allen Robinson, Tyler Lockett, that receiver Robert Tanyan, who was kind of a breakout tight end last year, towards the end of the season at least. Uh, Ronald Jones, he was on and off my team all year long. Uh, Rams defense and Ryan suck up a kicker. I, you know, I, I think it kind of goes without saying. I, I, I mean, I have to keep Christian McCaffrey because his upside is just stupid. He, he, he he's going to run the ball 250 times and he's going to ca- catch for a thousand yards as well. So, are you concerned about his injury, injury proneness? I guess now. Oh yeah, I mean definitely, definitely, especially with there being 17 games this season. You know, somebody that's already been unhealthy this whole this whole time, I mean that's definitely going to be a concern. But his upside is just it's just too good to to miss. I, I would say though, um, had it not been that had Aaron Rodgers not come back, I think uh, Aaron Jones would have his carries would have inflated, and he might actually have, have done really you know well uh, given the increase in carries, but. Um, I mean, he's obviously a consideration too. He he's still only coming in probably the sixth or seventh at best at running back overall. Um, he's not a bad choice. He he's he's a big time receiving back, and um, you know, but Christian McCaffrey's just upsides way more. And I mean, that's not to say that you know Patrick Mahomes isn't a keeper, but I mean, in in fantasy football, especially PPR leagues, who's taking a quarterback in the first, you know. Even three rounds, right? I mean, yeah, it's, that's always a possibility. Pick them up later. So I do want to bring up a uh, Daniel's lineup. I don't. If you guys want to like hear it, I know. Yeah. It's kind of funny to me. <laughs> that's why I want to bring it up. <laughs> so I don't know if you heard or you were with us. Is that right? You in our league last year, so obviously you knew what happened. But for you uh, people listening, one of our buddies has never watched football like religiously like we do, um, and he decided to play fantasy football with us. There's actually two of them. Um, one of them kind of knew what he was doing. The other one, not so much. And the other one went into the draft. He's a big Colts fan. Uh, he doesn't know a lot about football, but he likes the Colts. So we go into the draft. In his first round, he selects the Colts defense. Whoops. Dude, how ballsy. How Whoops. ballsy, bro. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, that was a tough bro. pick. Wow. I mean, they they finished well, and I mean, if you're going to draft a defense, I guess, but damn, first round pick. What's crazy is he still ended up getting Jonathan Taylor, Juju, and Curtis Samuel, and and uh, Chase Claypool on his team. Oh, yeah, Claypool. Which are pretty good receivers, like three, re- three receivers and one running back, so he had pretty decent core right there, but he ended up not doing so well because it took him a lot of waiver wire picks to pick those guys up, I'm sure. What? Well, and I <laughs> think, too. <laughs> it was so, I mean, he, he yeah. had to do something every week. Thankfully, for... <laughs> what's that? Uh, nah, I, want, I didn't hear Isaiah. What'd you say? Oh, I said most of his team is free agency. Like looking yeah. at the league rosters right now, of his entire team, he drafted five people. Yeah, hundred percent. That remained on the team at the end. <laughs> he was just on that waiver wire, bro. The whole you know, time. I I do kind of want to know where in the draft did he pick up Jonathan Taylor? I wonder. I mean, Penn being a Colts fan, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he picked him up the second, he probably third round, him second. Yeah, which would have been a bold pick at the time too, but 
Oh, a hundred percent. Yikes! I mean, Jonathan Taylor. I mean, that has well. to. That has to be his his keeper. I mean, that would be my keeper. If Jonathan Taylor was on my team, I think I I would pick Jonathan Taylor over everybody else that I mentioned. I think he's going to have a really big year. That guy is a that guy is an absolute freight train monster. So even with injuries concern on the Colts right now, they have what the quarterback went out for. I think they said it's closer to five weeks than twelve, right at this point. Yeah, that's what they said yesterday. And then they have also uh, their starting guard. The starting guard, um, he's out, but they don't know the timeline for him. Even though it's the same injury, they're saying it's unpredictable right now or undetermined. Well, that you know, I think that has some, uh, quite a lot to do with you know just size and nature of that position, right? I mean, the quarterback position definitely has to be mobile, and and you know that's a lot of stress on their ankle. But offensive lineman, yikes! I mean, that's knees and ankles. Do you see him doing well still with those people being out though? Potentially, Izo. Yeah, I, I. He's he is uh, a very very good running back and also a very very good receiver. I think that he he has a lot of a uh, Stephen Jackson like kind of a you know throwing back to an older player. He has a lot of Stephen Jackson in him. He like runs super hard. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. I think they're going to rely on him heavily, especially in those first five to twelve weeks. Quinn Wilson, uh, Quinn and Nelson's obviously like an All Pro guard and everything, and they also lost their. Uh, left tackle to uh retirement anthony costanzo but they've still put in like a lot of like um you know draft capital into their offensive line i think they replaced uh their tackle with uh villanueva from uh from the steelers mm-hmm. um i i i can almost bet that he's going to be in the top three or four as far as receiving yards or sorry uh rush, rushing yards and he's going to probably finish in top three like fantasy fantasy points I, I do think he's going to be good next year. I think he has a lot of upside. I do think he's going to have a hard early part of the season with those injuries still affecting the team. Um, I think other defenses will key on him as a playmaker for them to like win games, obviously. Um, but it just shows you like he's going to be if he's really that good. You know, I mean, he's going to make something out of nothing like most running backs do. Oh yeah. Oh but, yeah. Um, Al, uh, Villanueva's on the Ravens actually though he's he did not get picked up by the Colts um, but yeah man like I think this year's fantasy draft is going to be crazy it's uh, it's pretty exciting I, I never played a keeper league so it's a little different I feel like for I guess our teams our three of our teams we have prettier players for it for this keeper league if you didn't have the players you have let's just say and you had Jonathan Taylor or something like that like someone not necessarily a first round obvious choice in a uh, PPR league would you be upset that you're in a keeper league yeah I mean, uh, I... go, go well, ahead I go think ahead. that's kind of the piece right like if if you're not doing if you're not drafting well and if you're not picking up you know potential rookie sleepers that may you know bust out then that's on you really I, I mean that's my opinion yeah, no doubt. I mean, the, the, Daniel's draft wasn't wasn't good, and um, you know it, it's hard to find those gems and, and waivers. So, you know, I think you know you you it sucks, you know, definitely. But you just got to keep the the best player you have and and hope that you kind of turn it out, turn it around. I mean, 
the other thing about it too is that you know you you still get you know you're you're still gonna get some uh first round quality in the keeper league you know in, in the first round um even though you know a lot of those players are gonna be gone and thankfully for Daniel he finished in last place last year so he's gonna have the first pick this year so you know whatever keeper you know is on on any of of our teams that we wouldn't have normally kept he he'll be able to definitely upgrade his roster I mean, he he finished with um not a great roster but i mean it definitely wasn't a total dumpster fire all season for him he he did finish 1 and 12 though um man it had to suck to be that one loss i don't even know who that was i hope it wasn't me but um yeah i mean he he might potentially be able to run away with like jonathan taylor and like a tyree kill right yeah oh yeah absolutely jonathan taylor and dk like that's nasty that's a nasty two first two rounds you know so i guess my like my concern is like if you because like in a 10 person league there's so many good players like if you think about the top 10 players everybody's gonna get a great player right like no matter what unless unless someone like Izell has two premier wide receivers on his team or someone like john who has the best wide res- or best running back and the best quarterback on his team that eliminates like those that's six players remaining right and there's still mm-hmm. eight more teams so like just easy math right there like someone's not getting a first round pick they're getting a second round pick essentially mm-hmm. for their keeper and it sucks like for them like but obviously it goes into like looking at like like you guys said on knowing who you're going to draft and like getting lucky with some kind of sleepers or something but like i'm saying like for daniel specifically and like people that don't i guess play fantasy as much like you have to put a little bit more into it, i guess like to to get those benefits right Oh, yeah, he'll have to do his homework for sure yeah. going into the draft. I, I, with, like, the keeper leagues, too, you got to, like, anticipate what people are going to, you know, who they're going to keep and and who, who they may not keep. Like, you know, if I'm looking at, like, uh, uh, James's uh, uh, team, right, like, two, he has DeAndre Hopkins and Darren Waller. He also has Miles Sanders, right? So, I mean, I, he probably, I mean, I would assume he's going to go DeAndre Hopkins. And me being a Raiders fan, like, I might snatch up Darren Waller at the end of the, you know, the second round or, or technically our first round as like my other pick to go with, you know, who I end up picking, you know? Yeah. So, you know, these teams that are kind of stacked like that, that's just kind of the the way of the beast. I, I was in a fantasy football league uh, where we had keepers and, you know, we did that for like, you know, eight years. And if you could, you know, get a, a you know, find an Alvin Kamara early then, you know, you know who you're going to have for years and years and years, basically. So, you know, it, it puts more emphasis on trying to find, like, a young guy that that is going to, you know, potentially be there for the long haul. Like, you look, like, look at Christian McCaffrey. You probably got top five production from him for the next five years, barring injury, like, easily, right? His receiving ability, his running ability, all that stuff. Uh, but at the same time, you know, you're going to have to drop Aaron Jones or Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I, I don't put a lot of, like, emphasis on the quarterback position because all the quarterbacks are, like, very, you know, score very similarly. Uh, and you can find, like, people, in, you know, to do spot duty and still give you, like, the 20 or 30 points that you're hoping for. But, yeah, I mean, you're going to lose out on somebody. Yeah, no, absolutely you will be. <laughs> rough. It's rough. Speaking of uh, Patrick Mahomes and, and DeAndre Hopkins... 
So last year, I actually had Matt Ryan as my quarterback and DeAndre Hopkins as my starting receiver with Allen Robinson as my second receiver. I made the decision to actually trade DeAndre Hopkins away to James for Patrick Mahomes, and I got an incredible amount of shit for Mizell. I, like, I don't blame him for giving you shit. Yeah. That's a terrible trade. <laughs> yeah, I think that's still a terrible trade in retrospect. That's a terrible trade in future spec. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I had Tyler Lockett, who the previous week had just caught for 200 yards. I mean, I didn't even know what to do. I had so many receivers on my team. It's like, I can't keep this straight. I got to get rid of one of these guys. They're like, and, there's guys like Tyler Lockett, though. Like, they're just hit or miss, man. Like, they'll be one week, though, they'll, they'll be the best player in the, that week. NFL is like rising star, and then like the next week they get three passes to them. You're like, what well, the hell happened here? <laughs> that's what ended up happening. Is uh, you know what I was talking about earlier with DK Metcalf. I I started, you know, I decided at the end of the year that Tyler Lockett was in plugged in. I'm going to take Patrick Mahomes. He's throwing 300 yards a game, and and he you know he's rushing for you know at least 50. And then all of a sudden the Seahawks stop passing the ball, and, and I'm, I got Tyler Lockett who's getting two catches and 30 yards a game. It's just, it was impossible. So. Yeah, in, I, in hindsight. It just goes back to, like, positional value, too, right? Like, look, again, quarterback, there's, you know, 20 quarterbacks that are gonna, that produce around the same amount of points, like, week to week. And Patrick Mahomes doesn't separate himself enough from the Aaron Rodgers or even, like, Justin Herbert, who you could have got out of free agency, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but DeAndre Hopkins is, like, consistent – you know, 10, 15 points. And that is worth the, the separation between him and the next guy is worth way more than, you know, the extra points you may get from a quarterback. Cause again, you could, you could literally free agency your quarterback from week to week, picking the guy who's going up against the worst defense. And you'll probably do just as well as if you have Patrick Mahomes, you know, Yeah. but you can't do the same thing with like, you know, uh, wide receivers or anything like Tyler Lockett, like who, you know, if you had Tyler Lockett or DeAndre Hopkins on your team, who are you, who's going to be your, uh, who's going to be your guy? Oh, Hopkins. Every if, time. Oh, Hopkins. Yeah. Yeah. percent. So, yeah. So <laughs> I just, uh, I just looked up Hopkins stats from last year. I, I don't remember exactly when I traded him away, but James had him for at least the last five weeks of the season. DeAndre Hopkins, uh, 13 for 52 yards, 11 for 136, 11 for 169, 12 for 48, but we're PPR, so that's 12 uh, targets there. I mean, is this, he, he's getting thrown to all the time. 11, I mean, he, he's easily getting 10 or more targets and receptions every single week. It's insane. He just, they don't, they're not throwing it to anybody else. Oh, not to yeah, mention he's, that he's by far the. I think he Sorry, might be really. the best receiver in the NFL. Like, other than, do, like, I think he is the best Devontae. receiver in the NFL. But Devonte Adams had a crazy year last year, where like, obviously he's up there. But Devonte hasn't been doing it as consistently as DeAndre Hopkins has been. Like, Hopkins has been doing this for like what four or five years right now, mm -hmm. with with shitty mm -hmm. quarterbacks at that too. Before, um, fucking his quarterback in Houston. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like he was doing this with like the greatest quarterbacks in the past yeah yeah so i think that like that makes a big difference right there yeah i mean after deshaun got hurt but i mean deshaun is you know he's like a top three quarterback top five quarterback talent wise 
Well, no, but, but I mean, Although he's, he was doing that before Deshaun. He was also as well, it seemed like. Deshaun, <laughs> <laughs> uh. though, uh, did finish with most yards uh, last year, 4,823 yards through 16 games, played every game. So he's not, I mean, Deshaun Watson was good compared to Kyler Murray, uh, 3,971. Uh, 3, but, uh, I mean, speaking of questionable trades, I suppose, but. Yeah, I mean, the allegation the Eagles want to trade for him, and they might even yeah. trade freaking uh, Jalen Hurts, and they may never. And he probably he there's a possibility Watson doesn't even play next year. It's crazy. Who, yeah, who so guys, I mean, I guess uh, who are you guys' biggest sleepers this year? This is wrong fantasy. I want to like you know what I mean. Let's put it out there. Are you who am I looking at? Want me to spill? Give you the juice. It's not just for me, bro. It's for everybody. We want to know. Like, you know, the people want to know. I want to know who do you think you don't got to give them all because I know like I know you as a person. I know you have a list probably, but I just want to know like one sleeper you like you want to like you have your eye on or something or someone should be looking at. Well, I, you know, I was, I think I started, I talked about him a little bit. I mean, he's on my team. So it's like, you know, it, that, that's the one thing I'm, I have a real question mark, especially since we are, we are a PPR league is, uh, Antonio Gibson. So, you know, he was a former wide receiver at, uh, I believe it was Kansas or Kentucky and you no, know, but they would also run the ball with him. He runs like a four, three So he has receiver skills, big body. I think he's like six, one, like two thirty. Uh, he did pretty well, like in a rookie season. Uh, he's a guy that like, sort of like similar to Jonathan Taylor, where I, you know, I think they end up being like the top three talent wise running backs, probably, you know, over the next like six or seven years. Um, I think for, I don't know if he's so much a sleeper. I think, you know, a lot, uh, in a lot of, uh, drafts, he's probably going to go in the top three rounds. Um, but he's definitely someone that, like, if you can snag, I would snag. You know, if I if we were doing a new league, people that I would I would really want to have on my team are Antonio Gibson, are Jonathan Taylor. Those guys, I think, are are going to, you know, barring injury, are going to go absolutely off, like, as running backs. Okay, what about you, John? Well, I... I think if we're talking, you know, late rounds or, or you know, possibly even picking up from, from waivers later on down the season, mm-hmm. I really like Philip Lindsay. I know he's a backup running back for the Texans right now. He's smaller, though, and he's going to catch a lot out of the backfield. David Johnson's getting older. He's slowing down. Philip Lindsay is very fast, and he's small. He's hard to find coming out of the backfield. So, uh, two years ago with the Broncos, I mean, he, he had 1,000 rush yards um, last year. Not so much. Um, he kind of got um, a lot of those carries um, were taken away from him. Um, but I, I think he's a good, uh, uh, a def- he's definitely a good bye week running back. Uh, that I mean, I, I'm going to be looking out for him later on in the season for sure. Gotcha. I think uh, for me, it would be a receiver, not a running back. Um, I think Robbie Anderson with Carolina. His production last year was incredible. He had like 95 catches or something. Um, in a PPR league, that's like a that's a big thing, right? Catches. So this year he's going to be teamed up with Sam Darnold, who was his old quarterback in New York, and I think that like that reconnection, right. and then losing Curtis Samuel 
to the Washington football team just leaves so much more opportunity for him to like to make plays and like do big things. And he's like he was so much more than just a deep threat, which he was in New York. I think uh he ran like every route tree I think possible in in Carolina with uh DJ Moore and he outshined him like big time when DJ Moore was supposed to be like the guy. So mm-hmm. I think uh Robbie Anderson's like he's not like top tier wide receiver, probably not even like top like second tier, but he's like right in the mix of like that second tier, I think. So I think he's like one of the guys that might have like a breakout year this year. I think I think going to like true sleepers, like people that probably no one knows about at all and they haven't produced at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, rookie wise, I think the person I'm looking at is probably Jalen Waddle. I think they're gonna do all some right. weird things with him, you know. I think they're going to give him the ball, give him a lot of opportunities for Yak. Uh, in a PPR league, I think he's going to get a lot of receptions, like behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, you know, and so he may be someone that, uh, you know, he's going to get the ball maybe five or six times a game, and maybe doesn't go for a lot of yards. But there's always that, you know, bill that uh, there's always that possibility he takes one to the house. He's probably going to be taking punt returns. So, you know, you have potential for touchdowns there. Uh, he'll, they'll probably give him the ball and sort of like, a, uh, you know, Wildcat, uh, give him the ball in the running back kind of situation. Um, another guy who I think uh, may be a sleeper in some sense, depending on how deep you go into the fantasy circles, is uh, one of the wide receivers for the Raiders who was drafted last year. His name is Brian Edwards. Um mm-hmm. He's getting a lot of like. I heard they're calling him the next TO. I see. Well, yeah. So you know, Gruden said he, you know, has this. He has similarities to TO. One of the beat writers was saying that he's more like a Randy Moss. He got a lot of hype out of training camp last year, uh, but he ended up getting injured uh, in his first game, basically, and that that basically took him out for the rest of the season. He ended up losing his job to Nelson Aguilar, who ended up, you know, obviously doing really well last year. Um, I think he's a guy that is sort of in the mold of like an AJ Brown, where he's going to be the person who runs your posts and your ins and your comebacks and kind of like those intermediate routes and potentially is like, you know, more of a possession receiver, but then kind of has that sort of, you know, fade go route ability of just kind of jumping over people. Um, I, he's, he's a guy that's getting a lot of publicity and I, I, I haven't heard people talk about someone so much since how they were raving about, uh, Darren Waller. So I take, you know, I was, I was one of the first people like, you know, I drafted Darren Waller before he popped that season because of all the things that I, I had heard. So I think one of the best things you can do, depending on how, you know, obviously like how much you want to win your league is kind of look at training camp reports, beat writers and things like that. They'll usually talk about who's shining in the, in, you know, training camp. And more often than not, that ends up, you know, being reflected in the season. So, uh, just general question. Have you, uh, heard Darren Wall's story? Like his like actual story? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I didn't know about his story so much before I drafted him in fantasy that year, I just yeah. heard that no one was covering him and he was just going absolutely off on people. So, but yeah, I'm aware of it now, you know, obviously as a Raiders fan. So yeah. but go ahead. Go ahead. So for people that don't know, I, I, I'm a big, I'm a big Ravens fan. 
And uh, he was obviously on the Ravens for a long time, had some drug drug problems and drug addictions and everything. Um, the way he got onto the Raiders was before a game, he was out there just playing catch with another person. And the head John Gruden came up and was like, yo, I want that guy. And they ended up kidding him like in that offseason. Fucking nuts. Like he, he wasn't even supposed to be on the field. He was just out there like catching the ball, running routes with another teammate. And end up getting a chance. It's nuts. His story's crazy. So, you guys should, yeah, you guys, should, you guys should totally check it out if you haven't. Look it up or something. But his story is incredible. Um, he he almost died, right? Yeah, he, he overdosed. He, he literally overdosed in the Ravens parking lot at practice or on a away game. He was at the facility still, and the security came and woke him up the next day, and they sent him home to get rehab and get help and everything like that. But yeah, it's it's nuts. It's a crazy story. Um, I think. Just to switch gears here, um, one of the, what do you guys feel about? Like, do you guys believe the hype in uh, Jamar Chase? The dude was legendary at L- uh, LSU with, uh, I can't forget his, I'm forgetting his name now. Um, Burrow. Joe Burrow. Yeah, yeah, Joe Burrow. Who's his quarterback? Joe now? Burrow. And his Joe quarterback Burrow. Is Joe Burrow again. So <laughs> they're, they're reuniting in Cincinnati. And what he had, like 21 touchdowns in college his junior year. Decided to skip his senior or just his sophomore year. He had 21 catches, skipped his junior year, and now he's on, he's reunited. Do you guys believe the hype? Like it's gonna be crazy this year? I don't know. I, I'm kind of a fan already. I mean, I think he has talent. Uh, I think the the thing that I mean, there was a big kind of controversy about who the Bengals should draft because their offensive line was so bad last year, and and you know. Uh, they ended up obviously losing Joe Burrow on a sack. It was like on the fault of the interior offensive line. And so there, you know, people were arguing that they should draft Sewell. They ended up drafting uh, a guy from Clemson who was the offensive tackle for them, Jackson Carmen. Um, but from, from, I saw a training camp report that basically was talking about how Joe Burrow is like not doing well. He's not hitting his, you know, hitting the quarterbacks on, you know, or hitting the wide receivers where you're supposed to. I I think the limitation for Chase isn't going to be his ability to get open or anything. I think it's going to be on the maturation of Joe Burrow and him coming back from like, you know, having a serious knee injury and like, is he going to be skittish in the in the you know behind the pocket? Is he going to still play with that sort of like you know fearlessness that he sort of played at LSU and sort of how he was playing before he got injured? Or is he going to, you know, is he going to be scared? And and it seems like if you go by the reports that I wouldn't bet on Chase at this point. And I and not and you know I think he's is as talented as you know any wide receiver coming out of the draft as since maybe like Amari Cooper, um, and has all the ability to have like a Justin Jefferson type type season, but. You know, Justin Jefferson's getting thrown to by, you know, a veteran quarterback, you know, and cousin or um sorry, not in cousins, um the uh Vikings quarterback. Um We are all over the place. It's Kirk Cousins. Yeah, it is Kirk Cousins. You're oh right. sorry, Kirk Cousins, yeah. By Kirk Cousins, right? And Kirk Cousins has been has been throwing for four thousand yards like basically his entire Dude, career. You like that, bro? You like that? <laughs> 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 then, he, he's you know, like that bro 
you're trying to count on Joe Burrow, who's a rookie, you know, coming out of his rookie year. I mean, I, I always am hesitant, even when people have tremendous rookie years, because people flame out in this league. Like, look at Carson Wentz, right? MVP, right? Now he goes to the, he now he's going to a different team. You know, he gets beat out by a third round pick, who people were hoping that would switch to running back. You know, and Jalen Hurts. So people quarterbacks flame out for for you know multiple variable reasons but uh i don't know i i'm not i'm not you know burrow obviously had a great season at lsu but i'm just not sure i would put all my you're not sold on him yet i'm not sold on him and you know what i'm not sold on a lot of the rookie or second year quarterbacks even justin herbert i am not sold on him i've watched i mean i watched him play the raiders and you know they they beat us once we beat them once I'm not sold on him either. And I know he had a tremendous statistical year, but I, I, I know that's kind of like a hot take in a, in a sense. But I, I, I think you got to see how quarterbacks do up until their third year to really get a sense of how they're going to play for the rest of their career. Um, I, I definitely agree. Uh, Chase is definitely good, but I, I'm not sold on them because the division they play in it. Joe Burrow got hurt last year from the, from the pass rush. And look who's in that division, the Steelers, the Ravens, and the Browns. I mean, they all have fantastic defensive lines and very good edge rushing. It, he's going to be scared the whole time. They, there's no way that, that Joe, Joe Burrow really makes up for it. That, that division is so dang hard. Yeah, I mean, well, uh, you know, being a Raiders fan, I, I saw, you know, Derek, I've had Derek Carr as my quarterback for the last eight years. And he was playing up to an MVP level, gets his ankle broke. And it's been, it's taken him many years to like return to that same level of gameplay that he was at before. And mm-hmm. he was really skittish in the, in the pocket for, you know, the following two years, especially. So I, I just think it's like natural, natural thing. You know, if you get hit, you get hit 50, 60 times in a season, which I don't know exactly how much Burrow did get hit. I mean, there's no way that the, that doesn't play in your psyche. You tear your knee up, you know, blow it out completely. I just, I don't see how you, you're able to stand in there and let your wide receivers really like progress through their routes. You know, I think well, you're like going to. The, the whole Andrew Luck situation was that, right? Like, that's why he, he just couldn't mentally get back to where he was and decided to call it because there was no, like, he didn't want to keep doing it just because his mental wasn't there. Right. He had a case of the twisties. <laughs> The yips. Yeah, exactly. The yips. <laughs> Don't Yikes. say it, boys. <laughs> um, I think we'll we're getting on cut on time right now. I know that. Um, so I want to uh, kind of keep talking about this stuff and like keep it going. I think uh, we have our fantasy draft here in a couple of weeks, and everyone's gonna choose their keepers. The rest of the guys that are normally on, as well as us, and uh, we'll just get back here and kind of like discuss this more and uh, see how everyone's draft win. Give it a rundown. What do you guys think? I like yeah, it. Sounds good. Cool. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to close it out here. Uh, thank you guys all for listening to the admins chat. Uh, till next time. All right. Later. Thank you for listening to the podcast.